It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, championships, championships, and more championships. Getting into the WNBA and the NBA Finals previews here on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hump day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. We've got so many leagues in the middle of their championships and their postseason. Major League Baseball's playoffs are just getting started. For the NHL, the Stanley Cup final just finished as the Tampa Bay Lightning won in six. And in the basketball world, we've got the NBA and the WNBA championships both tipping off this week. Today starts the NBA Championships Game 1, the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Miami Heat. Friday, Game 1 of the Las Vegas Aces versus the Seattle Storm. So let's actually start on the women's side. Ladies first, right? Looking at the WNBA Finals, what a Game 5 between the Sun and the Aces to lead the Aces into their second-ever franchise championship series. Wow. Now... We had Erica Ayala on the show earlier this month. I don't even know what day it is right now. Um, And she was talking around the WNBA playoffs. We were looking at the Seattle Storm-Minnesota Lynx series, as well as the Aces-Sun series. We called that the Storm are going to be able to handle the Lynx, just feeling like the Lynx, for the young group that they have, they're still a year out or so of being a championship, a true championship contender. But definitely hats off to them for making a deep postseason run. The Storm, led by Stewie, headed to the WNBA Finals. We know this is their first Finals appearance and winning in 2018. And then on the other side, definitely called this series going the distance. Five games it took, and honestly, it seemed like we were going to potentially head into overtime if it wasn't for some great defense by Daniel Robinson down the stretch in the final play of the game as the Aces held on to win. Now, looking at this game, starting with both teams' struggles, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. But you know what? It was expected. It was a game five. It was intense, high energy. Both teams played great defense. The turnovers weren't just a lack of attention and detail. It was also forced turnovers because of the high defense that we were seeing from both the Aces and the Sun. Now, for both teams, looking at the stats, The Sun were led by an incredible performance by Alyssa Thomas, 22 points on the night with 10 rebounds. Dewana Bonner with 15 points, 8 rebounds, unable to convert the potential game-tying shot that she was looking to take. Brianna Jones with 7 points. Jasmine Thomas with 9 points. She struggled offensively from the field. And then on the other side for the Aces, Angel McCaughtry with 20 points. Asia Wilson, MVP player doing MVP things. 
23 points, 11 rebounds, including a big boost in the second half to help the Aces get over the hump and come back from being down by 16. And then we saw Kayla McBride with 10 points and Danielle Robinson, 10 rebounds, 7 points. But one of the biggest plays of the game was not what she did on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, helping to close out and doing a great job defensively to help secure the win. Carolyn Sword, someone that had six points only on the game, but if you looked, it wasn't about her scoring. Getting an offensive charge that was huge in the third quarter, 10 rebounds, and really being able to help the Aces from the front office to the floor. We'll talk about a journey there, but for Swords and all the Aces, you look at the different players that stepped up in key moments. It wasn't always about just getting a bucket, but they were able to help put up some incredible numbers all across the floor. Looking at the fact they were down by 16 and they didn't lead the entire closing minutes of the first half. Their first lead of the game since the first minutes of the first half came in the third quarter. As they erased that deficit, they had 11 turnovers. The Aces had 11 turnovers early into the third quarter and it seemed as though the Sun actually had all momentum. Well, that quickly switched. Connecticut did actually have a slump but although they were struggling to score as the Aces went on a 13-0 run to, to work through the third quarter, the game was never over. It was never – were, there were some momentum changes. There were some, some intensity changes. There were some scoreless moments by both teams. We saw even in the fourth quarter there was a stretch where both teams just seemed gassed. But no matter what, you never fully knew who was going to win. It was a close game down to the wire, finishing with a three-point game, 66-63. And honestly, it could have gone either way. I think the biggest thing was that Asia Wilson and the Aces had less costly turnovers, less costly mistakes. We saw some offensive fouls. I mean, that the stretch Alyssa Thomas had back-to-back offensive fouls. There was a stretch where they could not score. There was a stretch they kept turning the ball over. And for them to have so much momentum in the first half and the complete swing in the second half, that is actually something I was saying on Twitter. I felt like the Aces were going to win because they seemed like they were catching fire at the right time. Coming back from being down 2-1 in this series, you know, it was always anybody's series to win. But I just felt like in key moments, the Aces seemed to find a way to convert and get the stop they needed or to be able to knock down a shot on the other end. So Connecticut had a chance to advance to their second straight WNBA final. We know last year they lost to the Washington Mystics in five in the finals. The Las Vegas Aces do return for their second ever franchise championship But honestly, this series had it all. It felt like a final series in itself. It had a little bit of everything. We saw unfortunate injuries with De'Erica Hamby going down. We saw players stepping up. We saw um, double-digit deficits that the Aces faced, but no problem. They came back. They were able to overcome it as a team. And it was a great team effort. And honestly, either group could have won. But I think with down the stretch, the costly turnovers that Connecticut had, and of course, in my opinion, it's not a great shot. I know Demona Bonner was trying to be able to create some space to get a, a three-pointer to tie the game up and send it into overtime. Not the look that she wanted, I'm sure. But hey, that's all hats off and a testament to the great defense by Danielle Robinson. So now we've got a Vegas-Seattle finals. Whew. Now, Seattle's coming off of a series where they're a little more rested, having swept the links. They finished up their series on Sunday. They've had a couple extra days to rest. Of course, both teams will get some days off as 
and by off I mean with no games there's no days off at this point but both teams will be able to have some days to recover and get themselves ready for Friday's game one but I don't think that it's going to make a difference in um, the fact that Seattle had a three-game series versus the Aces five-game series I think for, for both teams it's going to be a fight it's going to be a battle I'm excited to see this matchup of Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart also looking at players like Alicia Clark like Sue Bird, you've got veterans there. You've got an all-defensive first-team player. This Seattle Storm team is, as we were talking about with Eric Ayala, a great mixture of their 2018 championship team and last year's group of players that have had a chance to, to grow and learn. Now, Sammy Whitcomb is, is going to be out of the finals as she's leaving the bubble to go tend to the birth of her child, which, hey, family first, and as we say, it's more than basketball. But I think for this Seattle group, it's going to be an exciting team to watch taking on the Aces. I have no idea who wins this one. I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to be a four – I'm going to say a five-game series without a doubt. I don't see this being as one-sided of a sweep, but I do think it's going to be able to go five. Now, it's going to be a matter of, of whose leader, leading score can be more consistent. And then also, as we know, it's a game of runs. It's a game of momentum. Who can capitalize on momentum – to be able to close out the game. And on the other side, this Aces team does not quit. Having several double-digit deficits that they've been able to overcome, including a second-half rally against the Sun after being down 16 points in a game five, you don't see that often. And I love what we saw Asia Wilson talking about post-game after the win, just about this team, the fact they don't quit. They always find a way. They stick together as a team. And like we saw in, in big moments, it's, always, it's a different player that steps up at the right time, and it's not always scoring. It could be getting an offensive rebound. It could be getting a defensive stop. It could be battling for a loose ball and, and getting on the floor. And so I think that the Aces team fight that they bring is going to make this an incredible series to watch as they tip off Friday night for game one, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Tip off. They'll play Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. And if they have to continue going into game four, we will have a game four Thursday and a game five would be the following Sunday, October 11th. Just like that, already into the playoffs and just like that, already into the finals, I should say, as the WNBA is winding down to see who's going to be crowned the 2020 champion. Well, as we're seeing the WNBA championship getting ready to take form, Tonight, we've got the NBA championship starting up. So coming up here on Lockdown Wizards, we've got to preview the Lakers heat Game one leading into Wednesday night's 9 p.m. Eastern time tip off. Who else gets annoyed every day come lunch or dinner time wondering what am I going to eat? You don't feel like cooking. You've got a million emails to read. You've been busy with work and swamped and you have so much going on and your stomach's growling and you don't know what to eat. Well, let DoorDash take care of your next meal if you want. Chinese food, pizza, froyo, anything you have taste for, you can order it through DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. And there are thousands that are open for delivery on DoorDash that you can now call, order, and now let them do the work for you. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on them, and now they're counting on you. So while their dining rooms may be closed, and maybe you don't really feel comfortable going out to get food, or you just don't feel like getting off your couch and changing out of your pajamas, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. So DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering's easy. Just open up the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely right outside your door 
with the new contact list delivery drop-off setting. So with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos. Anything from restaurants, Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, you name it, they're on DoorDash delivering contactless to your front door. So call right now and anyone that's listening can get $5 off, zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. So don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is ring season championships. We're talking about it here on Locked On Wizards, and I'm your host, Renee Washington, as it's been a crazy time looking at the fact that we don't ever have a hockey championship, a baseball playoff starting, WNBA, NBA championship, and football playing all at once, soccer playing in their regular season. I mean, the intersection of sports right now around the fact that all sports have started around the same time has made it insane to flip channel to channel from a playoff basketball game to a regular season, early season at that football game. It is incredible. So we talked about the WNBA Finals as we've got the Seattle Storm taking on the Las Vegas Aces, Asia Wilson and the Aces facing Stewie and the Storm. Well, over in the on the men's side in the NBA, we've got the – Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Now, this is one for the ages. I love, first of all, the commentary around the fact that we finally have an L.A.-Miami championship and nobody can actually go to L.A. or Miami. And for those that cover the, the championships and the, and the playoffs and the finals, knowing how you're flying from city to city, it's like finally the championships taking place between two teams in incredible cities in Miami and Los Angeles. And nobody's in L.A. or Miami. The irony. 2020, man. 2020 has got some jokes for us. But there's a lot here that we can uncover. And the first is just the obvious storyline around Kobe. I mean, I was watching the um, press conferences on Tuesday around the Lakers. And that's something that the heart and soul of this team, what they're playing for, is to honor the legacy of Kobe. Knowing that Kobe wanted them to bring home a championship back to the city knowing how much he fought for this program and his franchise on and off the floor, that they're doing this for Kobe. And even Anthony Davis was talking about just this, the special pride they have in wearing those black mama jerseys, which are fire, by the way, and I need one. Um, but also the pride they have in wearing those, that it's not this mindset of being invincible that they can't lose. It's this mindset that, that they don't want to lose to let down Kobe. They're doing it for Kobe. And we all know that everybody's been impacted by Kobe in some way, whether we knew him personally or not, whether it was as a fan, as a reporter, as a teammate, as a coach, everyone's been impacted by his life and legacy. But specifically for the 
incredible parallels and the, the, the spirit they're feeling through Kobe's passing that AD talked about, LeBron has talked about. They have these moments where it's like, you can't help but feel like Kobe's a part of this in some way. And for regardless how spiritual you are, you know, the, there's something greater here, I feel like, that they are playing for that's beyond just basketball. And, of course, one of it, one of those big storylines is the fact they're doing this in honor of Kobe, Gigi, and all of the, those who lost their lives in that tragic, tragic helicopter accident. Now, another storyline, of course, is the fact that they are playing for more than basketball in terms of social justice. I don't think that's going to have an influence directly on the championship. But I think that we do have to keep in mind when we were first getting started into the NBA restart, everybody kept saying, is this going to be an asterisk championship? Is this going to be an easier championship? And I think that as even LeBron has touched on and talked about is the fact that it's, it's harder. It's not, it's not easier by any stretch of the imagination. You're playing every other day. You don't have your family there for a big stretch of the time in the bubble. Now they do have family members, of course, there, but it's still not all the family they want for some guys. They might not have, like, LeBron doesn't have his kids there. It's, it's just his wife, Savannah. Or you might have, like, Bam just had his mom come down. You don't have access to your family the way that you normally would, your friends, a social life, a way to get away from basketball, whether it's going and get wings or just going to wherever you – being able to go where you want. It's completely different. So there's a lot of mental struggles and hurdles here as well. And then there's the physical struggles that you are playing every other day. You are playing so much. It's such a quick turnaround. Now you're not traveling, but there's still such a quick turnaround. And we've seen how that's weird and, and played a factor in war, I should say, on players like the Nuggets having back-to-back seven-game series coming into the Western Conference Finals. So I think for this playoff series, looking at the finals, the Heat versus the Lakers – there are other factors here that are going to make this tough, and it's going to be a matter, a matter of mental toughness. So that's where I've been saying the Lakers have the upper hand because you have champions. You have players that have been in the championship before. You have more battle-tested, postseason battle-tested players, not only in LeBron entering his 10th NBA championship, but also Rondo having one, Danny Green having one, JaVel McGee having one. You have players that have been in this position before. Now, of course, there's someone for the Lakers side, like Alex Caruso, Anthony Davis, that have not been here before, Kyle Kuzma. On the Heat side, you have a player like Andre Iguodala and Udonis Haslam, who have both won championships, a, a coach, and, and Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, who have both won championships, and for Pat Riley, many championships that he's been a part of as a player and as a coach and in the front office. So it's always great to see the clash of, of, of the experiences but looking at this matchup specifically, we have to wonder which matchups make the most sense. Now, we spoke earlier this week, just kind of breaking down how this, this, the Heat got to this point, the Lakers got to this point in closing out their conference finals. But I think now as we look player to player, there are some things that we have to really keep in mind about what are the Heat going to do to match up with the Lakers and what are the Lakers going to do to match up with the Heat? Now, I have, for my predictions, the Lakers are winning this in at most six. I don't know. If this goes seven games, it truly is anybody's series at that point. It's become the one-game series. I think the Lakers understand that, and they're looking to close out in at most six, if not five. They've had back-to-back series, every series that's been five. Five over Portland, five over Houston, five over Denver. I think they understand the importance of putting a team away early and not allowing them to linger and hang around, especially when you are, in all these cases, actually, you're expected to win. 
So you're not the underdog. So you have to come in and, and make sure you're not leaving teams hanging around and, get, and getting confident to making this a seven-game series. I think for the Heat, if they do win again, it would, it would have to be a seven-game fight for sure. For sure. So let's look at the matchup between these two teams. Players for players, how they match up on both ends of the floor. And we're going to get into that right here on Locked on Wizards. Let me tell you guys about the delicious treat that's going to allow you to snack healthy. That's right. You can do both. If you know me, you know I have a sweet tooth. I enjoy cupcakes, cookies, brownies, all the sweets. And Built Bar actually has delicious flavors. Let me just run down some of my favorites. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, mint brownie, salted Caramel, yes, caramel, not caramel, and peanut butter brownie. Delicious. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're healthy. So it's great if you are on a keto diet or working to lose or maintain weight. You can do all that while snacking on a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and I definitely recommend Built Bar. So if you head over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. Now you can save money, eat healthy, and eat delicious. Doesn't get any better than that. So go ahead on over to BuiltBar.com to try the best-tasting protein bars. And I can guarantee you, from me to you, you will not regret it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Game one of the NBA Finals tips off tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm your host, Renee Washington, here on Locked on Wizards. As we've been talking around the championships, we got into the WNBA Finals. As we are previewing and leading into the Seattle Storm versus the Las Vegas Aces, game one Friday night. Well, tonight, Heat, Lakers, game one. Now, not the finals that many would have expected. Many would have expected it to be the Bucks or the Celtics out of the East or even the Raptors. But I have always said the Heat were a team that you definitely had to watch out for. Now, I thought the Celtics were going to be able to, to beat them to win and get to the stage. But, of course, we saw how that went down. So, looking at the Heat, I think one of their biggest strengths is that they are battle-tested. They are a team that has the chip on their shoulder, that they're ready to prove others wrong. And winning in five over Milwaukee was not ex- – actually, sweeping the Pacers was not expected. I thought that was going to be a six-game series. Now, I thought they were going to win it, but I thought it was going to be more of a series. Beating Milwaukee in five, not expected. And then beating the Celtics the way they did, definitely not expected in six. So I think what they have that has allowed them to get to this point to be in the NBA Finals is the fact that they really play with this intensity, this fight, that they're not going to get outworked. You might have on paper the better talent. You might have the better talented player. They're not going to get outworked. They're not going to get out hustled. 
And to see the confidence that a player like Tyler Hero to have 37 points in game five brings to the floor is remarkable. Duncan Robinson, now he's a true underdog and going from being someone that was under the radar, getting recruited, that played D3 to now being in the NBA. Looking at Goran Dragic and his history in the league, the years he's played in the NBA. Looking at Andre Godala, who brings again, he's a champion. He's an, a finals MVP. He's been at this stage before. And then the two big pieces, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, both of who are bringing the level, the intensity on both ends of the floor. Bam Adebayo, whether it's scoring, getting big blocks, like we saw him get a, a huge block game one of the series versus the Celtics to help the Heat win that one. Or as we saw him doing in game six, knocking down shots, getting in the basket as he helped the Heat close out the game over the Celtics in a big fourth quarter run. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets. He's definitely bringing that chip. He's definitely ready to show another one who's, of course, his story in itself is, is an underdog, but he's ready to show that it's not him. All the issues he dealt with in Chicago, in Philly, in Minnesota, it's not Jimmy. He's a champion. He's fighting to be a champion. And I think that Jimmy Butler is playing with a little bit of swag and confidence that right now has definitely been the biggest boost in this team because you're, they go as he goes. When he brings the level, when he brings the energy, the Heat are a different team. But the problem is the Heat haven't played the King. You're playing the best two-man combination in the league today. Anthony Davis and LeBron James are the best two players on the floor in this series. That is going to be the toughest uphill battle for the Miami Heat. So I've been saying I don't think this series is much about what the Heat do well. It's about what the Lakers do or don't do, and they kind of control the tempo in this. And so for the Heat, they have to make sure to play smart. Can't get into foul trouble. Cannot afford to get into foul trouble. You have your bigs and bam, Jay Crowder. You can bring Andre Godala to guard LeBron. Uh, imagine that bam will be guarding Anthony Davis. And then on the other side, the Lakers definitely match up really well with the Heat. You can bring in Dwight and JaVale McGee to guard bam out of bio. You can put Anthony Davis on him. You can have LeBron James guard anybody. He's going to probably be guarding even Jimmy Butler at times. You can have um, Rondo, Caruso, Kuzma, KCP guarding players like Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. Defensively, I think the Lakers have the upper hand because they have more pieces there. I know many say the Heat have more depth, but the Heat don't have the best two players on the floor. So uh, this game is going to be tough because if if players like Tyler Hero – Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic don't have the space and time and, and aren't knocking down shots. You're going to expect Jimmy Butler to get 25 points a game, 20, 25 points a game. You're going to expect Bam Adebayo to do what he does on both ends of the floor, whether it's getting points, getting blocks, getting rebounds, playing good defense. But they're going to need their supporting players to chip in and help get assists and help get points and help knock down shots and play defense. And that's something that I think is going to be an Achilles heel of the Heat if they don't bring that. The defensive side has to be better because you have to be able to all help in to slow down LeBron and and AD. And then on top of that, you can't let players, if you're the Heat, you can't let players like Kuzma, Rondo, you know, you can't let the supporting cast get going because LeBron and AD are going to knock down 25 points apiece. And you can't afford to allow them to score and the role players to score. So I think this is going to be a – series of defense who can bring the better defense because you've got scorers on both sides I think also the Lakers have more versatility they can shoot and get to the basket they can adjust if their if their shots on the perimeter aren't falling 
they had the ability to, you know, run the, the pick and roll game, drive and kick, you know, penetrate and dish. They have the ability to get to the basket and they can knock down shots. I think that Jimmy Butler brings that. Tyler Hero, we've actually been seeing him and, and Duncan Robinson does it a little bit here and there, but we've been seeing Tyler Hero make some nice moves to the basket. I don't think they had that full range just yet where they have the ability to get to the rim consistently. Bam definitely can do it. So I think that the biggest difference is on the defensive side and the versatility on the floor. And so not only having the best two players in the league on your team, but also having the fact that they do have the ability to change. They can play, the Lakers can play small. The Lakers can play a bigger lineup. I mean, the Heat matching up with a lineup of LeBron, AD, Dwight, or, or JaVale, whichever one's on the floor, Kuzma, a tall lineup like that is going to be trouble because they don't have – if you have Bam at the five, you have Jay Crowder at the four, who's, who's guarding LeBron? Who's, I guess, Andre Godala? Is Andre Godala ready to play a full game that he needs to? Is he ready to match up with LeBron on both ends of the floor? Now, we know Iggy will be he'll, be – he'll be Iggy out there, but I don't know if he's still Warriors – Finals MVP Iggy. We're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see. So it's going to be very interesting. Game one tips off tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Like I said, my prediction, it's a six-game series. I could see this going five and the Lakers winning in five, but I think um, if it goes to seven, I'm a little worried for the Lakers. But I see this going down in six. Definitely think the Heat are good enough to beat the Lakers for one, maybe two. I don't know if they have it in them to win four, but we'll see. Maybe I could be wrong. Who knows? I'm not always wrong, but maybe I could be wrong. And so we'll see what happens. But this week, we do also have to get into the NBA draft as we're getting closer to the draft in mid-November. Right now, it's slated to take place November 18th. As we draw closer to that draft day, we have to get into what is going to happen in the NBA draft, looking at the prospects, looking at the players, that are available specifically around who the Wizards could take or who they should be looking to take and much more. We'll be talking about that here on Locked on Wizards this week. So be sure to hit that subscribe button to keep up with all we've got going on with me, your host, Renee Washington. We've got a special guest joining us, an NBA draft analyst, and we've got to get into what's going on preparing for November. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I'll see you back here for our Thursday edition of the show as we talk NBA draft right here on Locked on Wizards. Washington, out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.